Welcome back to That Talking Thing. I'm Kim. I'm Jason. This is episode nine, season two, and it's a business topic episode. And I'm stealing the show. I'm going to ask the only questions today, and I hope I don't catch you off guard. No, I'm ready. Anything. So my first one is kind of a controversial thing, and I'm ready to dig into this and, and name names and oh. feel it. Okay. Because it affects us, it affects our business, it affects our team. So it's based on deceptive business tactics. Yeah. What do users think about it? How do we, as other developers of WordPress products, how do we observe these deceptive tactics? And does it even matter? Is it worth engaging in? So the number one deceptive business tactic that a direct competitor of ours uses is a perpetual sale. I was on a call with Patrick, our team member, and he said, don't you just wish one day they got their comeuppance <laughs> that users realize that this is a total lie. This isn't an opportunity to buy something at a discount. Their actual price is their discounted price. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure do. I sure wish they would. that would be revealed, but it hasn't been. So yeah. I guess it's two-part. Let's talk about right. What are some deceptive business tactics? What have we tried in the nature of testing deceptive tactics? And what do users actually think of those things? Yeah. I'm not so sure that folks like MemberPress, you said name names, who have perpetual sales. And by the way, like they're not the only website. It's super common. Are trying to be deceptive. Um. A lot of marketing is kind of psychology, behavioral modification type stuff. So when does it cross the line behind like, cross the line of, you know, just nudging the person, the buyer in a direction to really being deceptive or, you know, what we would consider a bad practice. But I always thought, like, don't lie to your customer. So that's kind of a line, right? And I, Who knew? <laughs> it feels really simple. That I feel that the customers, even if they're little lies, they subconsciously pick up on these things over time and they just get the sense of like, they're not serious. And and that is one that it irks me when I, I see that, you know, it's, it kind of, it makes me just feel like, why are they doing that? Or is it not really worth something or is something wrong here? Um. But I also think folks who use those kind of perpetual sales and I don't know, maybe we didn't even describe what it is, but you'll see it's like a banner at the top of the right. page saying you have three hours to save 10%. Oh, it's four. <laughs> four hours. Only four. Right now it's three hours, 53 minutes or something. <laughs> true, so, true, true. Yeah. I, and then, yeah, and it'll, their price will always show up as strike through because like people love getting a deal. And I think the philosophy behind that too is people come to your website, they might be comparing you to other options, or maybe they might get the thought to compare you to other options some point during the checkout. But if they feel like, oh my gosh, I have to make the decision now, this like FOMO, fear of missing out, encourages people to like, yeah, go ahead, do it. You should get, you know, you got to hurry up. Just kind of nudges people towards buying, which to hurry up is okay. But it, it is like, is it, it's kind of lying to say, this is a sale. Now I, I, Actually, I literally know that those folks would say, because they've said it back to me when I was like, isn't that weird? 
they'll say, well, it's not actually false. Like it's programmed for the sale to stop after four hours. I mean, it's tied to a cookie that's gonna refresh every four hours also. I don't know, like they're fooling themselves a little bit, you know, and I think some countries maybe have rules around these, but also a lot of online stuff countries have rules that are like very, kind of this gray area. And if you really tried to adhere to everything, you would have to, you know, have 20 engineers just to figure out. Another version I, I, I see in this, and I think it's something we may be starting to do ourselves for our plugin, Pay Memberships Pro, is crippleware or the idea of features that aren't enabled until some other thing is active. So whether that's a license key, a pro version, or some yeah. other companion plugin, Member Press, who owns Exact Metrics, is that what it's called? I don't know. Has another plugin that is free Monster and Insights. Monster Insights. Monster Insights. That is free .org, and it has tabs of settings that are all uh, disabled and grayed out and yeah. not able to be used until you're, you've added and upgraded to a professional version of, yeah. of the plugin. And we do this subtly in our plugin. We have mm -hmm. links that say to um, expand on expiration date options, try the set expiration dates add-on with a link to that add-on. So um, we're doing it kind of subtly. I yeah. think we've thought about ways to do it more overtly. Do you feel that that's a deceptive business tactic? Like including things that don't actually work, but they're yeah. turned off? <clears throat> no, I think it it's it's an interesting way to show them how to use something. Better You features. know, like, hey, we have extra stuff that you have to pay for. I think that's okay. But what is it user, from a user's perspective? Yeah. I, I how did, it, do they yeah. feel nickel and dime? Do they, do they feel like they're using a lesser version, yeah. an incomplete version? I'd, so, yeah, I don't think it's that part of things is deceptive of like showing features that they may not have yet and they have to pay for. But I, I do I do think it, it's a bad experience sometimes with another product. There was a form plugin. There was free templates and paid templates. And I used a free template to build something. And then I realized I had to pay for something else, another feature. So I paid and upgraded and then the free template like disappeared. Like I couldn't use the free template with the paid version. Oh no. And I was like, oh, and, and I'm sure they would want to do this. This is development. They would want, you know, all the free templates to also be included in the premium. But I was like, I had to switch to like a premium template and like rebuild something I did. And I was like, that's silly. Like, and it's because they're trying so hard to like do those things, but I get it. It's hard. Um. Yeah, I, I guess I always think as being honest with the customer, you can have core base values. Um, I, I realize that we're not timing as well as we usually do. We don't have the timer That's running. That's true. And we try to stay on topic. I was like, do I need to wrap it up or not? Uh, a little behind the scenes. Um, I think another deceptive tactic is like an overpromise, which hmm. we don't do, but it's... Um, in subscription products especially, there's this promise of make money when you sleep and become an overnight millionaire and the ease that some products yeah. explain how profitable you can be from starting from nothing mm. by using their product. And it, you're selling this promise that most people will not get. Yeah. I'm almost turning around on that one too. I, yeah. This is kind of like superlative language of like we're the best membership plugin like I, we were doing some copy and i was like yeah like we, I, like i honestly think we're the best like we should actually say that that's like like i'm being honest um and and don't, like being a little bit okay with some of that now that superlative language if it's just flowery and doesn't mean anything it's going to be ineffective anyway but when you really are like yeah we're actually way better than 
these other plugins are doing X. Like just you should we should bleed into it and say it. Um It's not an overpromise. Yeah, like when you yeah, you'll like, be a millionaire tomorrow. Yeah. Is an overpromise. Right. Or like it's easier. Yeah. We I've struggled with, you know, some of the users of our products are like entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Like they they want a business but they don't actually do the hard work or like they're like reading about business and trying and kind of like cosplaying being a business owner like <laughs> setting up a website and putting a price on it um and it's like i always i'm like that's not like our real customer we want people who are serious or really have potential or or doing things and, and so we try i think that lines up with them sometimes you know it's like change your life yes. in a big way i i think maybe like the fear of spreading that net and catching all those entrepreneurs who aren't going to be serious and we might get their money. And then we feel like, oh, we're getting their money, but it's not really helping them. Cause like, I don't know. I think that's just going to be part of it. Cause I think we're also missing people who really are excited or they want to start a business because they want to change their life. So that same, it's weird. It's kind of like how like Gary Vaynerchuk's kind of message is very like often over the top. And people will call him out to like, and, and because he's publishing every day. So every day it's like, get off your ass and do something and you can do it. And people kind of get so like worn out by it. Um, but cause I've met Gary in person a while back. Like, I'm like, no, he really believes that stuff. Like he's yeah. not, he's honest and he really wants people to flip, you know, stuff they buy at garage sales. <laughs> it's more money to like start themselves on the path to financial independence and realize it sounds like it's just like, like a shtick. And a story to wrap people in and get them to buy his books. But I think he really believes it. And so, I don't know. Yeah, like, there's, a, yeah, it's can, funny how there's a way to be earnest about, right? say the same thing, but it's like your intention. I think we even have a, an unpublished blog post in sitting in draft that starting a membership site is hard or this right. is hard or this is. All right, we're back. We had some technical difficulty, but we're recording again. Um. We were talking about deceptive business practices in general, or just using superlative over the top language and how it feels a little icky. Uh, I was talking about how we yeah. have this draft blog post right. that says, this is not easy. This is hard and trying to be upfront with it. So it's interesting to hear that you've found a way to be encouraging and motivational right. to cast a wider net, to catch people that are enthusiastic. And I don't think we need to say it's easy. It's there's zero work involved. There's probably a version right. that's a little bit uh, somewhere in between mm. the two, I guess I would say. Yeah. Yep. I think users want to be motivated and they want to have a cheerleader. They want you to be their cheerleader. They yeah. want you to believe in them. So the more harsh you are with your language, the more straightforward right. you are with your language, the less of a cheerleader and, and enthusiastic you sound. Yeah. And I feel like the general tone we're trying to take now is not... <clears throat> This is really hard, so it doesn't seem like you're cut out for it. Give up and stop wasting my Although time. Although that is probably That's another kind of, version it goes of through my head. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that goes through my mind a lot. Yeah. But I've been trying instead to say, hey, this is really hard, but we can do it. You know, like, it's going to take some effort. Uh, read these things. Watch this video. Do this thing. Wait for us. You know, we'll get back to you in a day. Setting expectations, but like taking the tone of, you know, we're here to help. Um, which also means like we're here to spend a lot of time helping you. So we need to figure out 
how to like streamline all of our work and get enough people yeah. to actually be able to spend that time. But that feels like the path we want to take. I'm excited for it. Um, yeah. Next topic. Sure. I had this idea because we just took a trip and I realized the number of places that you have to update a vacation message mm. and update that you're away. So now there's a lot of parties, third-party services that we all use and, and Zapier that does automation. Wouldn't it be cool if there was a central way to set a autoresponder vacation message and out-of-the-office note that all of your platforms would know about? So it would respond on your Facebook messages to your page. It would respond to your Twitter DM. It would respond to your email with a vacation reminder. It would update your Slack status. It would update your Discord status, all the services you use. It would block your calendar and your Calendly. And it would turn yeah. itself off and on on the schedule that you set. Right. Does that exist? How could that I, product be built? Is that cool? Man, we could have done research. It feels like it. No, it's better to just exist, talk through it. But okay, yeah, I, I still want to talk through it. Huh. I don't have this problem because I don't I don't answer my email. I don't update vacation responses. Are you not my target market? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have auto replies. Oh, well. Um. People don't, ex I'm never away for more than a week and people don't usually expect an answer from me within a week, except the people who know I'm on vacation. So yeah, I'm not the target market start, but I can think about this. It's it's neat to think, hey, one place you turn on and it automatically updates all these places. It's also, it's usually, yeah. It, I don't know if all these apps have APIs for setting them. So it might be pretty difficult to, you know, push it out, turn it on and turn it off. Like, is there a Gmail? API endpoint. Do you think that's the secret sauce? Like, if it, if Gmail can't, nobody would use this. Yeah. Well, I, so first we have to well, validate whether <clears throat> there's an API for Gmail to set a vacation notice. I guess it's not. Yeah. Google Apps. I guess what I was thinking is, you, and you could find a way to get around that. You kind of program it in a box to click the buttons, but it has to know your Gmail password. Then and it's like, I have to trust this thing on my Gmail password just to update my vacation message and everything else. It's kind of like a lot of control you're giving this company. And I think it w I wouldn't want to start this business because it sounds like it would be a lot of effort to stay in like Gmail updates their vacation message. And now like your system breaks and you got to like scramble to fix it. It's like the gateway problem we have, but like times however many servers, like, yes. like the gate, the gateway is built to facilitate payments and subscriptions and they update that and we integrate. And then we have to update, you know what I mean? Like it's meant to be used and we still have to spend a lot of time keeping it up to date. So if there's like an API that's like, like, we don't actually have an API for updating vacation messages and where people are hacking it to do it. And then that breaks, like, you know, the developers, you know, someone in a room at Calendly is like, what if they're using the, you know, single vacation message app that hacks its way in it? This is going to break. Well, I know that. And they're like, no, I don't care. Like that's not Google it. Calendar can post. Hmm. Zapier can post your Google Calendar. Okay. So Zapier could at least create, create the calendar out of office and yeah. Calendly respects that. So that is possible. Yeah. Hmm. It would Cal be like yeah. a Zapier app linked to a SaaS of some kind. Wait, Calendly can set your. Would say again, Calendly can set your Calendly looks at your Google Calendar and only makes availability Available. based on so it could block you off things not in the time. So if it blocked off your Google Calendar, 
Calendly would but what be what like Twitter DM well. Kim's on vacation? Maybe not. Yeah. Slack status, so, Discord status. Yeah. It was like a lot of work though, huh? It would be cool. I it would be a kind of killer feature for a digital virtual assistant. So there's different versions of these and Google again is working on stuff like this where they did a demo a while ago. I don't know if it works like on my phone. If I say the magic words, that'll make my phone stop and then say like, book me, you know, dinner at Juliana's at 6 PM. Mm -hmm. Like it'll try to call them and book it and do all that stuff. So that kind of virtual assistant, it would be pretty cool to say, Hey, set my re reminder away and do it everywhere. Yep. Um, happen one day but yeah it feels like the it is it's funny like all their recognition of like voice recognition and figuring out what to do is kind of really difficult but it kind of solved problem but it's not it seems in my head at least not as hard as you know integrating with potentially a hundred different apis that aren't really you know happy that you're hacking a way to change the minders or different things on search but maybe all right, next episode, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to have done a little bit of research and then I will give you a status update on yeah. this topic. But yeah. Yeah, maybe there's maybe there's something else. Cool. <laughs> Till next time, thank you. All right, bye.